Welcome everyone to Voice of the Valley here in the Horn Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. I'm your host Dave Bell. 4289494 is the phone number 9284289494. Happy Thursday everybody. Hope you're having a good day. Mine has to be better. I don't have any meeting scheduled today. Sweet Mother McCree yesterday was meeting heavy. Oh, same. Oh, isn't it awful? I just went from one to another all day yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I had three all in the afternoon, and so I had to front load everything. It's it's rough. That voice you hear is Sarah Sales. She's the executive director for the Gila Watershed Partnership, gracious enough to take time out of an incredibly busy week <laughs> uh, to call in, and, and I really do appreciate it. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. It's October, which is normally busy to begin with. Yeah. Um, but then you add in... Everybody needs a meeting, and you do need meetings. Mm-hmm. And yes. <laughs> it was just one of those days where I went home, and I'm like, yeah. I, I got nothing left. Yeah, same. Mine were all in the morning. I had four all in a row, and none were about the same topic. <laughs> Mine were semi-related. They were all event. They were all event yeah. related, yeah. but but different events. Oh yes, yeah. So you're still having to like put on a different hat for each one, even if you're like helping with the promotion or whatever exactly yeah you have to think okay who am i talking to now okay what is our topic for this one oh yeah so yesterday was tough and so now i'm in tucson which is why i'm calling in instead of sitting in the studio with you for more meetings and all kinds of stuff this week yeah and and you said uh because hyla and steve were were originally going to come in but i guess they're all wrapped up too with stuff right it it just ended up being a completely nutty week for everybody i don't think there's a single staff person at the office today i think the only people there are americorps members and volunteers (laughs) it's just it's it's october in arizona and yeah uh, you're, you're, you grew up in New Mexico, Texas. Is it the same way yeah. there? Is that the oh, perfect yeah. weather? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean it, like the fair. So, you know, we just had the fair, which was a lot of fun. I was out there with the lions club, but the fair county fair in any County, especially where there's like an active, like 4-H, um, component or FFA component, like that marks the beginning of the busy season, I think for everybody. And there are always a few things before it. And then it just, you're like off like a shot and you don't stop until Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've got one, there might be one week where <laughs> there's nothing happening. I, I'm, I'm serious. We're, cause we were going through the scheduling mm-hmm, and it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's, and it's the week between uh, our Mary Main Street and the Light Parade because they're not oh. back-to-back weeks anymore. There's there's right. a little break. Um, I think that's the only week where something's not yeah. occurring. Yeah. So everybody's either going to pack all of their, like, office Christmas parties in that week or they're just going to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I, you, you have to, I mean, you got to take it where you can get it, I guess. Yes, but. yes absolutely. So, absolutely. Well, we still have stuff going on too at GWP. So. That's what I was going to ask. So what's, uh, how's the uh, plant sale going? The plant sale is going great. I am so excited that our opening weekend is the best opening weekend we've had of any plant sale since I started here. Um, we sold about 34, um, almost $3,500 worth of plants 
in the opening weekend, which is just unheard of. I think our best one before this was just over 3,000. So I am thrilled. The virtual sale is not going as well. And I think it's because people are ready to not be shopping online anymore. But um, it's still open. We still have everything that's still available on our virtual shop. So if people go to the website, there are at least four ways that they can get to the virtual shop if they poke around. If you just go to the main page and scroll down a little bit, there's a button. If you click on the nursery page, there's a button. If you hover over the nursery in the navigation, the shop is there, and then it's also linked in our upcoming events. So no excuse. If you want to buy plants online, there's all kinds of ways to get to the online shop. <laughs> I, I wonder about that because we've we've been conditioned to shop through Amazon. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean that's kind of, I hate to, I even hate to say this because I'm a big shop local yeah. guy. Yeah. But we've gotten, both my wife and I have gotten to the point of if we can't find it here, we'll just look yeah. at Amazon. Yeah. Um, I, well, I, is we it with plants? Find what we've got at Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Native plants. I mean, I think you can buy plants on Amazon, but. No, no. I, I just meant that, that yeah. we're conditioned to shop online. Yeah. yeah. Um, but with plants, is it a case of I want to be there, I want to look at it in the sun, and I, I want to so. smell it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Plants are very um, like tactile, like you can touch and smell them, um, look at them like they they interact with so many of our senses. And I do think people enjoy that. And then coming out to the nursery is an event. It's always fun. Steve and Julie and now Hyla are so knowledgeable. And then everybody is just having a great time. You know, it's a fundraiser so it's a fun event um and i don't know i think people are excited to get the opportunity to come back in person and they're going to get one more opportunity to do that well and the thing that that people need to keep in mind is if you if you do shop online you pick up live and when yeah. you pick up you you might you can shop. <laughs> yeah you might be able to see something else yeah yeah shopping online is a way to like make an appointment so put one plant in your in your uh, your cart and then come and shop for everything that you want and and you're kind of alone in the nursery or there may just be a few other people also picking up who are there and so you kind of get one on one attention. Yeah, and that that beats you know having to deal with mm-hmm. a flood of customers. So yeah, uh, the yeah. smart shopper yes would start online. <laughs> And then kind of get there, you know, it's that yeah. uh, you almost get a personal shopper. Yes, yes. In a way you do. And it's a nice way for people to, like I say, really get that one-on-one attention to be able to say, I have this kind of soil and this sort of water feature and what native plants go well with this. And then the people here who have all the knowledge can tell you exactly what to plant, where and when to plant it and um, get you the very best of the best that's out there. There you go. So don't yeah. don't wait for the last event. <laughs> yeah. Do, do but you know what? If you love events, the last event, I think, is going to be pretty fun. So our, our closing weekend, which is the 27th and 28th, is our Creepy Critters event. And we are going to have live animals on both Friday and Saturday. 
The sale starts on the 27th at noon and goes till four, and the animals will be there from two to four. Um, snakes and maybe a tarantula and scorpion and that type of thing. And then on Saturday, the sale is from eight to noon, and all of those animals will be back as well as some animals from Arizona Game and Fish. So we're really excited to have the kids come out and get to see some desert creatures and um, learn a little bit about it while their parents are shopping. Now, for the kids, I get it because uh, kids need to learn, you know, who's out there, where are they, what do you do, you know, who do you leave alone, um, that sort of thing. For, For the adults, is there going to be any communication about what these animals mean to your plants? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we do kind of two things. We we sort of always have information about the types of animals that are attracted to the plants. Um, we have signs with every different plant variety that shows the kinds of pollinators that you can expect if it brings birds in and that type of thing. But the people who are talking about the the kind of more I'll say maybe more dangerous, more exciting <laughs> animals that are out there in the desert are certainly available to answer those questions from an adult perspective and from a child's perspective. Very good. Very yeah, good. I think it'll be a lot of fun. And let me tell you the other thing. I mean, we're going to have other things going on. Hopefully we'll have, I'm hoping that we get some student uh, clubs out to do, I don't know, food sales or at least water. We're hoping to have a face painter, you know, just some fun things for families, some games, But if you bring your kids or grandkids in costume, or if you wear a costume yourself, and I'll be pretty lenient on what I consider a costume, you're going to get a 5% discount on everything you purchase that weekend. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Slap some bunny ears on. You got a shot. (laughs) Uh, Very cool. And when when is that event taking place? So that is going to be on Friday the 27th from noon to 4 and Saturday the 28th from 8 to noon. Now, look, you got little ones. If, if you've got kids or grandkids, mm-hmm. you know, anybody knows that costume is the biggest thing on the planet. And yep. wearing it just once for Halloween <laughs> is fine, but a little disappointing. You want to wear it more than once. So you got Harvest Festival. Yep. You got the Pima uh, PTO Carnival, which is Uh a great one. Now you've got GWP. The kids can wear it as well as Halloween. See, you're getting, you're you're maximizing your costume budget. I I completely, that, I loved wearing my costume when I was a kid. And when I was like, hey, we should let the kids wear their costumes and give the parents and grandparents a discount. That was exactly what I was thinking. Like, okay, well incentivize the grown-ups but the kids are going to be like yes i get to wear my costume so. yeah i mean what what good is having a costume you only wear one time right right and especially if you've like had to like purchase one of the like ready-made ones your kiddo is only ever going to fit that one year so give them every opportunity to wear it yeah yeah <laughs> and if you're a costume maker which a lot of folks are here yeah um, you put in that effort. Let the kids get yep. multiple wearings out of it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I you know, I also feel like there are some people, some grownups like me who also like to do Halloween kind of in a big way. 
And so I wanted to make it so that even people who don't have kids, but who really like to do costumes or even just somebody who's like, I'm going to get that discount can, like you said, put on a pair of bunny ears or go to the face painter before they walk in and say, Hey, this, I'm wearing a costume. Can I have a discount? (laughs) You know, when I lived in Chicago, we used to go to a Halloween party every year. Mm -hmm. I mean, there Mm -hmm. was, there was the adults. I mean, I Mm -hmm. think from, 17 on i went to a a halloween party every year um and i i just don't see it as much out here yeah yeah i'm a little sad by that there's something about adults in costumes and it's just fun it's like bringing back the whimsy of childhood yeah yeah so i was the same i always either threw one or went to one in new mexico and in texas and i mean granted i've only been here a couple of years and so i'm just starting to get to know people but yeah, maybe we need to throw Halloween party day. <laughs> I think we might need to. I, I think we do. We've we've now created another event that we have to yeah, go to meetings right, for. Right. Yep. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll figure it out. I tried. To, I, yeah, I actually yeah. talked with the downtown association about doing a, a downtown Halloween mm. event, but oh, but Pima has kind of jumped into that. They've really mm. kind of mm-hmm. embraced it with the mm. haunted house at the museum and the PTO carnival and now uh, lamb and vine doing the pumpkin patch and maze. And (laughs) you know what? Pima having Halloween is okay by me. If they want to do a big giant costume contest, I would support that. Yeah. I think that would be fun. I really do. I, when I was um, this last few years, when I lived in Las Cruces, I had a group that I played board games with. And so none of them wanted to be home alone giving out candy on Halloween. So we would always meet at one of the homes and make that our base for giving out candy. And then we would all dress up (laughs) and play board games all night. And whoever was up or closest to the door or whatever, when the doorbell rang, would go make sure the kids at the door got candy. It was a blast. It was a lot of fun. Exactly. So I'm for anything. I'm for anything that gives adults a chance to do something that's like fun and wholesome and keeps as my mom used to say keeps the grown-ups off the street (laughs) yeah Yeah, they kind of need to be sometimes they they need to be at home um i saw that graham county announced it's going to start uh work on the fire breaks again along the river so i know gwp has been a part of that um is this is this the final phase or is there another um, phase after this Well, this is the final phase of like building the fire breaks. So they've got to go in and with the special equipment and dig up the tamarisk. Um, And then once that is completed, then there's kind of ongoing maintenance. So my understanding is that the current grant has a little bit of funding for, I think, the remainder of maybe 2024 Um, for part of that maintenance. And we're going to kind of come in behind that and start looking for grants so that we can take over like long-term, multi-year ongoing maintenance of the fire breaks so that the county doesn't have to fund it or find, find, you know, pay for staff to do it or whatever. Um, we'll, We'll kind of fill that gap for them. But yes, I talked to Bill Brandau, um, Monday, I guess, we were out putting flags up for the Lions, and he kind of gave me the timeline, and he hopes that they will be finalized um, between October and April when 
um, by law, we can't take really heavy equipment out where the endangered um, southwestern willow flycatcher habitat is. So he's got his work cut out for him, but I think he'll get it done. I I know most of the delegation from the desert southwest has been pushing hard mm-hmm. in Congress to get additional wildfire mm-hmm. funding. Now, most of that's going to be we need more firefighters, we meet, need more helicopters, et cetera, for the actual fighting of the fires. But right. I, I know Kelly, Senator Kelly, has been mm-hmm. pushing for preventative measures yes which which this would be mm -hmm. and and actually the infrastructure bill came down with a good amount of money for preventative fire measures now we can always use more and that is kind of a limited time frame and so you know looking toward the future but um yeah it's i think it's something that is going to continue to be a priority and i'm really glad that senator kelly is really on that um i think um i think representative siskamani is also concerned about that um but yeah we're we're i say we're on it we're working on it it's it's one of our top priorities at gwp as well well it needs to be i mean we we've, mm-hmm. we've got an invasive species it affects not only fire yeah. but water yeah. Um, so it, it needs to be addressed. And and if we can get bipartisan support on that, mm-hmm. that hopefully mm-hmm. will convince the eastern delegations this yeah. needs to be funded. It's hard for them. They don't they don't grasp. They don't, no, they really don't. They really don't understand how different the threat is here in the West where it's so dry. Yeah, they think, well, California is burning and. But mm-hmm. California is always burning, and what's the big deal? And it, mm-hmm. but no, it's not just yeah. California. It's no. all of us, and it is yeah. a big deal. It know. is. It is. Yep. You don't have yep. to like somebody's politics to not want them to burn up. Right. Exactly. You exactly. Know. Just like yep. in the East, we don't want you to flood out. You know. Yeah. We, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, hopefully we'll we'll see, and and at least in the Senate they can actually have discussions right now the house is a mess oh i know i know (laughs) like i don't even want to turn the news on yeah but but hopefully you know the senate can at least start the ball rolling and if the house ever finds its footing maybe something (laughs) extra can be done because it is it's and and it's not just an arizona issue it's it's no it's an entire west issue yeah Mm -hmm. yeah colorado was was in dire shape uh, a couple of years ago yeah. Uh, and I know there were New Mexico and did Utah oh, yeah. get hit hard? I think yeah. Utah did. Yeah. Idaho. Yes. All of the West is kind of in danger from this issue. I, and, you know, it's not a new issue. I was working on this f- from a political perspective. I was the PR person for a nonprofit that did um, lobbying about fire danger issues in New Mexico back in like 2002, 2003. So it's not new, but it is going to compound over time, continues to compound over time, and it's going to exacerbate because of climate change. And so I I worry all the time for, you know, like our little corner here, but sort of the West as a whole um, kind of 
corporately getting our act together on the fire issue, but it does it does it is going to require help from the federal level. You know, speaking of climate change, um, because even even deniers are starting to semi acknowledge mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, you just can't avoid it when no. you're you've got the hottest year on record oh. every year. Yeah. Every year. <laughs> um, I, what does that do to native plants? Because as we know, fauna is excuse me, mm-hmm. flora is it's delicate. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about hardy plants, but the reality sure. is a couple of couple of degrees change yeah. on a regular basis affects even the hardiest of plants. Yeah. I I think right at the moment um we're we're mostly seeing um I'd say more riparian plants struggling than like the plants that you think of as desert plants. The mesquites are probably going to be fine. Most cactus are probably going to be fine. Agaves, I, you'd have to talk to someone like Steve about whether or not it's really impacting the agaves. I think it is having an impact on their habitat. Um, but um, like in the greenhouse, the plants that would normally say grow naturally by the river uh, do tend to be the ones that their leaves kind of got burned this summer and we had a little more trouble keeping them looking good and healthy and alive um, during the hottest part of the summer. But I I think a lot of our desert plants are pretty resilient. Um, Even if it's not so much to the heat, they're definitely resilient to the lack of water. And I do think that we will see some adaptation. You talked a little bit about um, their locations as well. Mm -hmm. Is, is Mm -hmm. that shifting? Uh, Because as we know, they're, what are we on? We're on the, uh, edge of the Sonoran and Chihuahuan desert, right? right. Uh huh. Um, which have different native plants. Yeah. Yes. So, and there are some that are crossover plants that are like this is the area they live in. This like crossover area. Um, I think what we're going to see is, um, I, I don't think it's going to be like there's not going to be time for like a slow evolution. I think what we're going to see coming up from the south from, you know, as the temperature rises, that um, some of these habitats are just going to kind of get um, kind of smushed or, or, you know, as it gets hotter, the plants that adapt will adapt and the ones that don't, their habitat will become kind of farther and farther north. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. It, it, uh, travel across the state is the best way to see what the differences are, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. once you go from Sonoran with all the Saguaros to mm-hmm. Mojave, um, oh, yeah. and, they're, and they aren't anywhere to be found unless somebody no. decided to plant one in a yard. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a factor. And, mm-hmm. and whether we like it or not, whether we want yeah. to acknowledge it or not, it's a right. reality. It is. It is. So, you know, all we can do is the best we can do here trying to, like, create these protective, what we're calling islands right now, for as many native plants as possible. And hopefully we'll be able to keep doing our work for years to come. Try to keep our little our little corner in as good a shape as possible. How has work been going uh, supporting other agencies? Because I know you, you do contract work to support other mm-hmm. groups that are looking to bring native plants to yeah. their areas. 
really, really well. We are just beginning a new contract. We've had contracts for several years with um, Bat Conservation International to grow agaves. And so we're in the contracting phase with them right now. We'll know pretty soon how many more they want us to start growing. And we already are working on a little over 600 plants for them. So this is this is multi, multi-year because it can take several years to get an agave from either a little pup, which you collect from the desert or your garden or whatever, or from seed to be large enough to plant. Um, we also just made a delivery to the Desert Botanical Garden for their fall plant sale. And um, I, I feel like we just, oh, uh, have an opportunity to maybe do a hedgehog cactus replanting project. So if that comes about, I'll keep you posted because that's going to be kind of fun. So that begs the question, does GWP need an expansion uh, of facilities? Oh, yes, and we are in the middle of one. Yes, yes. We actually got funding from United Way for an expansion. We have the earthwork done. And once we get past this busy season, then we'll start building the structure um, kind of in the winter when it's cooler and there's not as much to do in the field. Does... GWP need any other help on that front or is, oh, yes, is always. <laughs> well I know you need volunteer help always but I mean in terms yeah, of yeah. financing is mm-hmm. is United Way covering it or is it a portion and it's a portion okay. and we're working on um you know like this is sort of phase one phase two is an irrigation system for part it doesn't work for the whole nursery but for the parts of the nursery where things kind of go to just grow for a while um, and aren't moving around a lot. So that's part of phase two. We're also going to try to implement some sort of capture flooring of some sort or gutter system or something to capture um, some of the water because this summer we had to water every single day just to keep plants alive because it's lots of babies in a greenhouse in 105 degree heat. You know, it's, it takes a lot of water. And so we want to be kind of better stewards of that. And um, then we're also going to start um, some accessibility planning. I feel like it's a little on the almost dangerous side out at the greenhouse in our office and there's a walk down to the bathroom. And so I'm going to try to work with EAC and um, maybe Bowman to come up with a plan to make it more accessible. So if someone comes in a wheelchair, if someone comes with a walker, they are not going to be in any sort of fall danger when they're out there. So that's kind of what I'm working on right now. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, you know, I think of a greenhouse, I think of back east specifically, mm-hmm. um, where you're trying to maintain a, a specific temperature while it's freezing mm-hmm. outside. Mm-hmm. Do you face the opposite where it gets too hot and you have to cool the greenhouse? We we do. Um, we do heat a little in the winter, and but we do have to cool it all summer um, because the stuff that's inside the greenhouse now once it goes out to the shade house the shade is all that it gets and we're trying to take them from that more climate controlled to sort of acclimate them to the real climate that they're going to experience in the real world but when they're still babies um 
and they live in the greenhouse, they do get a climate-controlled environment with heating and cooling throughout the year. So I, I think that's really important for people to understand mm-hmm. is it's not mm-hmm. just, you didn't just put up a building right. to keep a, you know the wind and the rain off. Right. You're, you're nurturing these plants yeah. until they can't survive on their own mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. our climate. Yeah, yeah, and they go through several stages. Um, they they start out in the greenhouse where it's climate controlled, and then they go to one of the shade houses where it's you know shaded in the summer, but it's not controlled. We're not heating or cooling it, but we are watering all the time. And then eventually we try to get them to a point where we're not watering them all the time if we don't have to. This summer we did, but um, to give them you know an opportunity to get ready to go into the ground, and so. Here pretty quickly, we're going to only be watering a couple times a week, and then we're going to go out in the end of this month and the 1st of November, um, and we need volunteers for this, and plant a bunch of plants out in our um, restoration areas. If anybody's interested in volunteering, what do they Mm do? Um, They can send me an email, so it's Sarah with an H at the end, at gwpaz.org. You can also go on the website and find our email addresses, or they can send one to Inadelia, who is the program manager, and her um, email address is inadelia at gwpaz.org. And it's spelled just like it sounds, E-N-E-D-E-L-I-A. Is she one of your AmeriCorps? No, she is my program manager. Um, She does... um, she is the site supervisor for AmeriCorps. She also helps us plan and run our SEALs program, the youth program, which we're trying to regrow into a summer program after COVID kind of, you know, made it tough to get funding for those things. And then she also does all of our um, mapping. And so uh, GIS stuff, she helps the restoration crew make sure that everything we plant, we have to like, put a little GPS point for it. So she helps them make sure that they're, they've got the right equipment to do that kind of stuff. I, I hate to say it. I don't think I've met her yet. So I'm going to have to stop by and say hi. Met her yet. Yeah. yeah. We, need to, we need to bring her in someday. She, she's like, I don't want to talk on the, on the radio. So I'm not <laughs> going to be able to get her to come in. Fair <laughs> One enough. Of these things. <laughs> well, we went a little long because you're on the phone. So I have to go to, to break now, but I okay. appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Sales, thank you so much with GWP. Yeah, thanks, and come out to the Creepy Critters. All right, that's going to be it for me. I just skipped over a couple of commercials. That's what it sounded like that. Uh, Thanks to Sarah Sales for joining us via telephone from Tucson. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you guys every single day. I'm out of here for right now, but I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, you guys have a great day.